Happy Hump Day, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets. Powered by Betsports, we are your daily dose of quick and handicapping and sports betting picks. For the first time this week, I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. We took Monday off. We let the uh, inmates run the asylum, if you will, on Tuesday. But I'm going to be honest, Andy, I was pretty impressed. I thought Dan and Matt did a pretty good job. Maybe you and I can take more vacation time. Yeah, I uh, I got some vacation coming up here. I look like, I didn't realize, I haven't looked at the camera. I look like I'm going to paint a house right now. <laughs> I, I'm not wearing white pants just because I don't wear pants <laughs> when I'm at work. But my goodness, I look silly right now. I'm just all, I got the, it's a free shirt. I did the fun run. Fun run. I did a one. Was it fun? No, fun runs are not fun. It's running. Like my oh, daughter right. wanted to do a 5K and I'm like, you know, we'll do the 1K with your little brother and just walk and that was nice but uh yeah it is nice having you back monday did kind of stink there wasn't any nba nor nhl and that's just sometimes how the cookie crumbles when you have these longer series and you get deeper into the playoffs such as life there was still some baseball and soccer i should look at my what, what day was that what day was monday as far as dates the 16th so 16th of may it looks like I still was able to bet on, I bet on some baseball from somebody, uh, Smitty, who we had on the deep dive the other day. I bet his hundred. I he he laid the handicap. I just took the straight up three way money line on Huddersfield, and then I did some live betting on some baseball. So despite there not being sports, I made apparently nine bets. It's <laughs> pretty good. I need a. I might need that phone number. I fucking. I won money. I don't care. So, we'll get there. Um, exciting, exciting NBA action last night, despite the kind of weirdness that popped. What was it like? An hour before the game? How far? How far do you think that report came? Was it even an hour? It felt like less. And again, I wasn't maybe totally locked in at that point, but. The smart stuff was a little bit earlier in the morning. Again, if you're watching a Celtics game, follow Dan Lipschatz. He's on top of all that stuff. He's locked yeah. in a Boston media. And he put out the smart stuff a little bit earlier in the morning. But yeah, Orford, that seemingly came out of nowhere. And I've been talking to um, you know some guys in the chat this morning, Clive, especially Clive Bigsby. Um, and, and both of us are going to wait and see what happens. I mean, if Orford plays that second game, I might start to accrue some Celtics positions. But if he's out, I mean, you're looking at the Celtics down 0-2. Maybe I'll just bet them then it's seems really bizarre. I don't know where, again, all this stuff sort of came from, but Al Horford is I honestly, in my opinion, more important than smart. I think they can win this series without smart, but they need Horford. Yeah, that was a uh, surprising. And, and Drew put me on the minus one and a half the other day when he was, uh, when we did our smorgasbord on Monday. So I guess I made 10 bets on Monday. <laughs> one just didn't cash until last night, but so it was nice to have some CLV. It was fun to have the team down by 10 early and, I think down at halftime, I'm not even sure the halftime line was uh, a, a heat win. I think they the heat were a underdog to even win the game in the second half. Yeah, the second half line was close to a pick I think. Yeah, so it was, nice to, it was nice to see the Celtics just kind of – good job to Spo. I mean, good second half adjustments, whatever you want to attribute it to, the fact that they were under underhand, underhanded, undermanned. So good job to the Heat. I'm going to kind of wait and hear what the NBA chat's consensus is. The plan was always, hey, the Heat are really live to win this game before the COVID stuff. And we talked, like I said, on Deep Dive, we talked about maybe if the Heat win game one, we take some Celtics positions on the series, on the championship, whatever you want to do. 
little little skeptical that uh, that's the right plan until we hear more news. So it might just be a sit with your hands in the pockets, not do anything if we're going to have no Horford for a couple more games. But uh, yeah, like you said, if people are coming back, I might be in the same boat as you. Um, do you what? Do you have any futures out of the the four teams that are alive yet? Do you have anything living? Um, a Golden State to win the championship ticket from much earlier in the year is, is the last one I have. Unfortunately, the uh, the Bucks falling apart was not not very good. But no. yeah, my last futures left is Golden State to win the championship, and uh, we'll talk about that series in a second. I uh, maybe don't feel so great about that one either. I was gonna say my only future left is Golden State to win the West, and it is a plus number so it's better than what the series price is right now and again referencing our nba conversation we had the other night with drew i said and i guess i'd love your opinion on this too my my choices i gave him three choices i said do i buy out i can take win 40 percent of my stake because i have plus 150 and it was like plus 180 said do i leave it alone just ride it do i play mavericks plus one and a half games at like evenish to try to middle it and his choice was none of those. He said, wait, wait after till game one and let's pull your bets up because it looks like you're kind of of the same mind. This would be a dream scenario for me because, like I said, I could hedge out and get 40% of my stake as a free ROI. But, man, if the Warriors win game one, which was Drew's advice, and then I can take some Mavs on the way back, I could probably guarantee myself 100% of my stake back. That's right. Option four. We went through ABC. I present you option D. I, yeah. I like this series for the Mavericks. Um, they've really coalesced nicely since picking up Bertans and Dinwiddie at the deadline. Dinwiddie gives them so much more versatility in the offensive end. Bertans has finally gotten comfortable and been that dangerous three-point shooter we know him to be who spreads the floor for Luka. It's a really tough matchup for this Golden State team. We look back at that Sun series and the way that the Mavericks decided to lock in on Devin Booker knowing that Chris Paul wasn't playing so great, knowing that DeAndre Ayton would really struggle at that point. I agree to see a lot of that. That Mavericks team is going to load up on Steph Curry, and that means we're going to need a big series from Andrew Wiggins or Clay Thompson or Draymond Green or some of those guys. And Jordan Poole specifically is someone that's been great, but I worry about him defensively. The Mavericks really did a great job in the last series of attacking certain players on defense to get them off the floor, and I think Jordan Poole is going to be kind of their whipping boy here. I mean – they're going to go after him quite a bit. We'll see how he holds up. But Golden State is at home tonight. They're five-and-a-half-point favorites, which makes sense to me. I mean, if I look at kind of some regular season numbers, Andy, I'd make this game Golden State maybe minus six-and-a-half, almost minus seven. But the playoffs tend to be a little bit more subjective because you have to look at what these coaches are able to do in adjustments. And one of the biggest surprises is how good Jason Kidd has been. I mean, he's someone that we thought would be a negative throughout the season, but it's gotten much better and has made a lot of good adjustments. I still like the Warriors tonight to win the game, and we've made this bet a couple times, and basically just looking at it, I think if the Warriors win this game, we're going to see the Mavericks series closer to plus 400 in the market, so happy to go grab plus 500 right now. Now, you have to put that together with the likelihood of the Warriors winning, but it just looks like to me that the implied price, if the Warriors do win game one, is going to be not that is going to be not nearly as good as it is built in here. So I'm going to grab that for plus 500. And another thing I love to do, if the Mavericks are going to win the series, they've got that last game on the road, game six, to close it out. We see that happen time and time again with these teams. Now, you know, short memory, we look back, it didn't work out, you know, for the Celtics-Bucks series. But I guess if the Bucks close out, it, it does, honestly. But you look at this game, the Mavericks, I think, again, they close it out. There's a chance that they lose this game one, but 
make some adjustments, and this might end up being a pretty quick series. If Luka Doncic can stay healthy and keep playing well, if they can continue to find the defensive combinations that have been working, this Warriors team is going to be pretty limited when Curry's off the floor. So I, I like the Mavericks in this series, and I agree with Drew's advice. Just wait to see how game one goes, and then you can jump on Dallas. Yeah, I'm trying to look at uh, what's – so we're at the point where – there's not going to be likely any days where we have both NBA teams playing, right? Maybe on the weekend no. if they if they want to have a party about it. But take advantage. No, of it'll be games, one game a night. So that and I guess we have two hockey games. I, I'm not saying I live bet hockey last night, but I live bet hockey last night. So <laughs> I, it's there's just not a lot going on right now. So it's like hey, the Avalanche are down one nothing. Maybe we should do something about that. Got lucky in overtime, so. Always nice to win a bet. I'm not sure I lost. I didn't make very many yesterday, but I don't think I lost any last night with that one coming through. So congrats to, yeah, Heat, uh, the Tyler Hero assists, and the Avs Live. 3-0 day for DJ and Andy. Good job. Um, congrats to anyone else who jumped on the Heat early. If you listened to Got Lucky, they outshot the Blues 54-25. I know, but overtime is a crapshoot, Matt. You know that. Like, I, I really do think – I looked at the stats. Yeah, they should have won in regulation. They hit the post a trillion times. But over once you go to overtime, all bets are off. I mean, don't hit yeah. the post. Yeah, just don't don't hit the post. Just aim at the other if you shoot more if they're not good quality shots. Yeah, yeah, Matt. We're talking about shots that go in, but yeah, Avs should have won that game by a lot. They, they, they were. I kept looking at the stats. I'm like, man, they are peppering them. Maybe they'll just score here eventually. That'd be nice. So, uh, PGA Championship starts tomorrow morning, eight ish Central. It is a Central, nice maybe a little earlier. Actually, there might be some seven a.m. tee times. It is a Central Standard Time tournament down there in beautiful Tulsa. I just said beautiful Tulsa. I don't know if it's beautiful. <laughs> I'm sure it's very nice. Uh, I've heard some good things about some of the restaurants down there from people on the ground. I'm going to have more bets. I made some outrights already over in the Discord. Um, this is one I wrote up earlier today. It's going to be in a Best Bets article, a free article we put over on uh, Betsburg's Golf. I bet Mito Pereira top 40 last week. I'm just going to do it again. Like I just I saved ink by reusing the headline. And it's a tougher field. It's a tougher course, but honestly, I was being kind of a wuss last week betting him top 40. I said, I just need an easy winner here. I should be betting him top 10, top 20. He ended up T17, probably should have ended up higher. He looks great. He was off for a little bit with some injury. That was kind of making me a little tentative, but he looks great last week. He looks fine. This guy, yeah, the Red Lobster in Stillwater is the hot spot. If anyone doesn't know that story, Victor Hovland, <laughs> loves red lobster so like he just goes, shooter to, McGavin goes goes to a yeah shooter mcgavin went to the red lobster that weird well, guy with the bug oh yeah that was a, that was just a joke he kept bailing on him um but yeah mito top 40 um just a really really good ball striker i'm i'm fine with that here he's more accurate off the tee he's not super long off the tee long enough accurate enough and I just, I just think he's definitely going to be in play. I almost played him outright, but I did kind of say that a couple times this week already where I said, I just can't take some real, real long shots here for the outrights. It's just, it's not something I feel good about at this tournament with this field. There's going to be a lot of top 40 plays for me here. So yeah, um, yeah slower greens here than in Texas. I think he's going to be fine putting on the bent grass again. Plus 115. 
FanDuel had the best price of legal books. I'm shopping at places I can actually bet right now. And uh, we'll move on to some tennis because it's it's kind of an exciting time of year. Clay season is one of my favorite seasons. I European European clay season, not South American. That's You can have that. I don't hate it, but I much prefer these stretch of European tournaments. It's been fun so far. And uh, it was funny, again, from the deep dive, we got to talking about Medvedev as someone and Drew kind of poo-pooed it when I brought it up. And it's funny that uh, Brett in the chat right away said, well, he has to, let's see if he can beat Dickie G first. And then Gasquet ends up straight setting him yesterday. So there are not a ton of people who are in great play form outside of the very top of the men's side. And on the women's side, there's just a behemoth who's crushing souls right now. Yeah, the, the men's side, I guess the most interesting part of the men's side is Andy. Rafael Nadal is not the overwhelming favorite to win the French yeah. Open for the first time in, you know, what seems to Our be lifetimes. a decade. Yeah. I mean, it's Carlos Alcaraz. That's going to be really fun. But again, the men's side is going to come down to Nadal, Alcaraz. And I mean, that, that Novak Djokovic guy, he's, he's someone you should probably never count out um, in best of five. But all of a sudden, we have just this incredibly dominant presence in the women's side. She's won 27 matches in a row. She's only lost four sets. Yes, four sets, not matches, four sets since March. It's just an absolutely staggering run for Aiga Swiatek. And kudos again to Dan and Matt. They did a good job yesterday. And it's something I, I sort of joked about in a tweet, but not really. I, I've been going through and trying to take Aiga. Our sponsor, FanDuel, will let you parlay Aiga to win the French Open with a bunch of little stuff. And I've got some things put together, and I'm going to add another one here. I like all the parlays the boys gave out the other day. Um, let's see how Matsuyama does. I think it's a great, you know, take your favorite golfer, put her with Iga this week. I'm going to take her and put her with the Mavericks to win the series. Again, I, I've made a case for the Mavericks to win the series. I think there's a lot of value in that number. And then this is how I'm going to try to bet Iga, uh, Iga I'm sorry, in the French Open. I don't know if there's value in her number at minus 110. I'd probably have her honestly closer to minus 125. So maybe you could just bet the minus 110 outright. But I'm going to try to put it together with some stuff, see if I can end up with a portfolio that gives me a little bit of a bigger number, and then maybe cover myself for some of the bigger shots I'll take once the draw comes out later today. Yeah, so is the draw today or is it tomorrow? It's this afternoon, I believe. I couldn't couldn't quite get the... It's hard to find this info on that. And then also you have to do a big time difference too. Cause it's like, it's like, it's always, Oh, it's 7 PM. Like I'm pretty sure they're talking Frenchy time. So yeah, either today or tomorrow. I, I swore it was tomorrow though. What day is it today of the week? Is it Wednesday? It's Wednesday. Okay. I'm not a thousand percent sure, but uh, I did kind of want to talk tomorrow. about that too. I was talking do to you a European have... about it. I might already been Thursday where he was. Do you have that's fair? Like, or it's a it's an Australian. Yeah, it's today. Well, today's Thursday for you, mate. Um, do you have a lot of quarter prices up at the books you use already, or is that something you don't see until after the draw? Yeah, quarter prices you won't see till after the draw. At this point, you just have outright prices. And again, the top of the market is Ega. She's pretty much minus one ten or somewhere in that range, just about everywhere. And then, as we talked about before the show, and I know you guys talked a little bit about on the deep dive and. You and Drew talked about the, the second and third women probably in order should be Halep and Bedosa, which I think you're seeing most places right now from a pricing perspective, but I just don't know if there's any value in them. And the other problem is when they the way they do the seating and one of the ways that you can attack these lines and get some value before they do the draw is to look for some of the better players who are seated because they're a little protected because what they do is want the 
one, two, three, and four seeds are all in different quarters. So, you know, those women, regardless of what quarter they end up in, are going to be the best player. But you look down someone like Halep, whose rankings fallen a little bit, I don't think that she's going to get a top four seed here in this tournament. Now, I think they do a little bit of an adjusted ranking for the French Open based on clay. So maybe she does back into a top four seed, but she could end up in a spot where maybe she's in the same quarter as Iga. Maybe she's in the same quarter as Bedosa or Zachary or somebody like that. But you start to look through at some of these better players. Again, I think you get all your Iga money in now in case she gets a bad draw. Um, Bedosa is someone that will get a good seed. So she's right around 12 to one. That's pretty close to where I'd have her number, maybe just a little bit of value on that, but I'm going to wait and see where she gets put. Again, if you like her, I think you grab her now in case maybe she gets stuck with somebody that's that's tough in her yeah. spot, but she'll she'll be one of the seeds. It'll be solid, but yeah, as you look down the, the list, Zachary has performed well in some of these tournaments, but doesn't seem to have the top-end power to beat somebody like Ega in these big moments, so you're just going through the list to try to see who can at their best, in their best day, in their best moment possibly beat Triantec and maybe we'll have some Sabalanka stuff, but wait till the draw, see maybe where some people get some nice, easy stuff while some quarter bets. Otherwise, you know, go back and watch the show from yesterday, grab the Ega parlay and, you know, if you've got something you like, let's see if we can build up a little portfolio on the, uh, the Polish powerhouse. I found some Ega plus 150 on Monday, which felt good. It was not there after I bet it. Like, they're just like, oh, that was a mistake. We shouldn't have taken that bet. <laughs> like, it's plus 110 now, and I think it's minus 110 there now. Minus 125 at Bookmaker. Bedosa, 1750 at Bookmaker right now, which is off market, I feel like, from the stuff I've seen. That's concerning when Bookmaker's off market. And yeah, it, it, it is. But at the same time, people like Bedosa, Zachary, Sabalinka, maybe even, and, and Ans Jabour. Those are kind of the names I've written down as far as I'm going to look at the draws once they come out and see if there's some quarter prices I can get early. I think quarter prices are something you've got to pile on early. Some of those where yes. it's a good name that gets a nice draw, those are going to get hammered in a hurry. So quarter prices to reach the final, exact final matchups. I think there's going to be some places that have like, you know, exact finals result where it's like uh, we have – I got to beat, but you know, I got to beat Zachary in the final or something like that. So you'd get a bit of a, basically a parlay and a prop. Some of those look at stuff like that, but I'll definitely be on some quarter prices. And once we have a draw, we'll, uh, we'll dig into those. That'll be some fun. So Sabalinka is kind of your girl. We'll have to, well, hope she has a good draw. I'd like to see her go deep just because I like, uh, I like watching a strong woman strike the ball like that. She's somebody in the strongest spot. And she's the one, as I talked about, you have to consider who has the top-end ability, really. And, and Sabalanka is a perfect name. We've seen her do well on some, in some of these tournaments. And, you know, you don't think of her as a great mover, but when you're on slow clay, movers do well, but also power hitters. There's an advantage to being able to actually hit through the clay and hit winners when all these other players uh, just don't have, you know, the strength, if you will, to hit those kind of shots. So I'm with AD on this one. I'm going to wait and see kind of where she gets put. But I'm, I like Sablanka 21 or better. I mean, I'll grab a little bit of that now. Maybe I'll grab a little bit more of it later. But, yeah, I like Sablanka quite a bit, I think. Yeah, if she's on the opposite side, I might just play her to reach the final. I still don't know if I want – if it's like 20 to 1 and I have to have her win a bunch of matches and then play, you know. Where is she from, Poland? Belarus. No, 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 uh, Schweitek. 
Oh, I, I, yeah, I guess uh, it's from Poland. The Polish Polish powerhouse. I needed a good nickname for it. Then I'm, I'm not as interested in that. But to win, to make the final, that's a fun one. So, all right. Well, one of these days we'll figure out when the draw is, and after that, we'll definitely come back with more futures. I love having a big portfolio of futures for a major like this. Men's side, I'll probably have some stuff too. Is there's going to be. And like Patrick said in the chat, the men's draw is very consequential too, as far as how things add up. It's going to be how soon are we going to get, you know, uh, Alcaraz versus Joker again, which I don't care when we get it. I want to see those two play best of five because that is a whole different ball game. We'll get into that later this week. Uh, quick thanks before we go to our sponsor, Profit Exchange, who we retweeted the other day from the Betsperts account. They had some stuff up where it was lines from the baseball games for that day, basically comparing what they'll have to the, you know, the other players in the market. And I mean, it was like a four cent straddle. It was very, very low vague stuff. So if you're a price sensitive shopper in the New Jersey market, get signed up, hit the link in the show notes, get yourself the best promo deal because not only will you be getting crazy low vague prices on the exchange, you might as well, Take advantage and get some promo money when you sign up and make your first deposit at the book Profit Exchange in New Jersey very soon. Hit the thumbs up. Alex, glad to have you back. We'll see you Friday.